What's up, guys? This is Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Make sure to check out the latest addition to the Ringer lineup, Music Exists. Each week, Chris Ryan and Chuck Klosterman ask and answer questions about their love of music while exploring the role of concerts, locations, fandom, criticism, genre, lyrics, and much, much more. You can listen to new episodes of Music Exists and follow along every week for free on Spotify. Football podcast on the Ringer NFL show on the Ringer Podcast Network. My name is Danny Heifetz and I'm joined as always by my co-host and my co-Danny, the hero we need and the analyst we deserve, the Dark Knight himself, Danny Kelly. <laughs> How are you doing, DK? I'm doing excellent, man. Uh, just hanging in there, you know. Free agency is coming up. I'm really excited about that. Otherwise, uh, you know, nothing really new going on. How are you doing? Well, you said hanging in there really great, and I was like, those don't go together at all. Well, you know, there's things happening in the world right now, especially in my part of the world. Well, it's pretty much everywhere at this point, but just kind of trying to stay inside and, and stay stay clean, wash my hands, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. Yes, the Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by hand washing. Everyone <laughs> wash your goddamn hands. For 20 seconds, sing happy birthday to yourself twice. Goddamn right. All right, well, we're going to run through... We're going to look at free agency and the upcoming free agency landscape. Hi, Danny. I'm here, too. Oh, shit. I forgot about (laughs) I was derailed by coronavirus. I just forgot. I was like, pivot, pivot, pivot. It's all right. Much like coronavirus, he's trying to avoid me, too. Um, But I will not go away. We're going to wash our hands of Craig. That's more I'm not thinking about you, and I look up, and I'm like, oh, shit. I was gone for one show, and I'm out. I did forget about it. What's your name again? It's Craig. It's not Danny. I know. I've heard that a million times. How did that happen? I know. I got to make some changes. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of changes, a lot of people are going to be changing teams. Free agency Whoa. is beginning on... I know that was good, right? That was um, a good segue. <laughs> see, off... See, wow, it just started gonna, pouring. It's just pouring in Los So Angeles. if anybody hears like rain hitting the roof sounds, that's wow. what it is. It just started absolutely Dude, pouring I in LA. Wow. I know that I've been living in Los Angeles for too long because I walked outside of my apartment this morning and there was rain and I was like what is this? I was like, and then I just was like, oh yeah, right, rain. And then I got my car and I was just like, wow, it's crazy that water just falls from the sky sometimes. I was like, I have lived here. I got to go back to New York, dude. DK, did you hear that? The rain on our end? I could not hear it. Oh, okay, good. All right, well, so we just sound like crazy people. All right. So anyway, as I was saying, free agency begins on Monday or Wednesday, depending how you count. The, the deals get, start getting signed on Monday, even though they can't be signed. It's a whole thing. But people start switching teams on Monday, and then there's the whole collective bargaining stuff, which is making everything else complicated because yeah. no one knows the rules. It's kind of a cluster disaster kind of situation. But free agency will begin next week. So we're going to go through with a fantasy lens and focus on the quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, tight ends who could switch teams, but where we want them to go for a fantasy purpose. This is not predictions unless labeled. Otherwise, this is much, this is more like, (laughs) where is this player going to be maximized or just for our own personal fantasy enjoyment, uh, where we want to see them go. Fantasy matches made in heaven. Beautiful. Well, that could be the title. We want to, we want to title that. Sure, that's pretty good, actually. Well, if uh, if that is the title you just clicked on, then that is what happened. And if not, then <laughs> we, someone overruled. Uh, <laughs> but a quick overview on free agency to, to take one thing seriously so far f- for a second. 
uh, NFL contracts are a lie, just plain and simple. <laughs> and as we go into free agency, it's low-key the most misinformation of the NFL season is actually during free agency for a simple reason. Like, deals aren't real. Like, a five-year deal. Do you know how many times a five-year contract signed in free agency lasts five years? Do you know? Yes. Can you guys? I, I, I'm going to say 18% of the time. DK, what do you think? I'll say 5%. Craig almost did. That's like 15%. Okay. So it's one out of okay. seven. That's the number. Which is the same as five-year deals that are signed and then people are, they're cut after one year. So a five-year wow. deal is as likely to last one year wow. as it is to last five <laughs> years. Why is that? The simplest answer is just they're not actually five-year deals. They're a three-year deal with two team options. So in basketball, it's called a team option. In baseball, it's called a club option. In football, it's called they got cut. Like Josh Norman signed a five-year deal in free agency. He was due $12 million this year. The Washington cut him. We'll pay him nothing. That's called a team option. They just don't call it that. So all of football deals, most football deals are Actually, a two-year deal with two team options, a three-year deal with two team options after that, a one-year deal with two. So we, but they just called three years for the total money. None of it, none of the money's real. It's about the guaranteed money. So I say all this just so when all these deals start trickling out on Twitter, Instagram, like compute, like ESPN, wherever you're getting your news from, and you see a number for how many years it is and the total money, it means nothing. <laughs> this happens every year too. But like there's people, a simple yeah. rule. Shameless plug. I went through all this for the ringer. You can, if you Google when guaranteed contracts are not guaranteed for the ringer, you can pull it up. I went through every free agent contract signed since 2011 under the CBA. And I just put them all. And I just looked at all of them. And there's actually a really simple rule you can follow. It's just 60%, 60% of the years, 60% of the total money. That is on average what gets paid. So for example, if you see someone signing for a five-year deal worth $50 million, just do 60%. So that 60% of five is three years, and then 60% of 50 is 30, right? I don't want to get that wrong. Mm -hmm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, great. So <laughs> it's really a three-year deal for $30 million. Hmm. And if you really want to go crazy, the, the actual rule you can follow is you can take the guaranteed money and divide it by the average they're making per year. So for example, Josh Norman, the deal he signed was $50 million guaranteed. And he was making, on average, total $15 million a year. $50 million guaranteed divided by $15 million a year is 3.3. He lasted four years. That's a long way of saying is none of these things are real, but when you see the headline, just the simplest way you can do it, just look at it 60%, 60%. It's not real. These aren't the big commitments. The only thing that matters is guaranteed money. That's our little preface to all that. <laughs> Sorry if that was too complicated. That's but good it, info. No, it it's bothers good. the yeah. hell out of me when you see five years, $70 million. They're never going to get to $70 million. I feel it's like I, I need to take notes on that. Is there a test tomorrow that we're going to have to take? <laughs> it's just, it's not real. The whole, the, the total money is a lie. It's all, wake up, sheeple. That's all I'm trying to say. Let's yeah. get into the goddamn We have opened our third <laughs> eye and now we will close it. I'm trying to get into this free agency. Quarterbacks. Yeah. All right. This is a crazy year for quarterbacks, which you've probably yeah. heard. And if not, a lot of them are free agents. So let's just start with them. Drew Brees, probably not going to be free agent. This is one of his. Yeah, so this is. Yeah, we'll, we'll put him on here just because he's technically a free agent. He's not going to go anywhere. He actually said the other day, I don't care what the offer would be or the situation would be. I'm Houdat Nation for life. As long as they have me and as long as I want to play, that's where I'll be. So he's either going to be a Saint or retired. I guess there's a very tiny, tiny chance the Saints decide to go with Taysom Hill, which I just don't see happening. But uh, I don't know. Do you guys think there's any chance of that happening? No. In 2020? Yeah, no. No. I think the whole Taysom Hill thing is overblown about how he could be some 
I mean, <laughs> I don't know what there is to suggest that he's going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. I think what happened is actually kind of simple. Taysom Hill is a restricted free agent, and he has to get tendered, which is like the NFL's restricted free agency. So they assign a second-round tender or a first-round tender. That means that if someone else signs him, they have to give the Saints a first-rounder or a second-rounder. Obviously, no one's going to give him a first-rounder. Now, if you give him a first-round tender, Taysom Hill gets paid more money than if he gets assigned a second-round tender. So in Taysom Hill, the week before the Super Bowl, is like, I think I could be an NFL quarterback. What he's doing is talking up the idea of it so that the Saints feel pressured to assign a first-round tender to him so he gets paid more money. That's it. He was That whole... So this was... That this was Hill's bite. doing? Yeah, why did Taysom Hill just give an interview the week of the Super Bowl to be like, oh, like, I think I could be a quarterback? Well, they had to wow. make a decision on his tender. So he, it, it, it's leveraged to... And that, what did the Saints do? I believe the Saints are, are did or are going, planning on giving him a first-round tender. So the whole yeah. thing was just... It's about money. It, I can't believe they're giving him a first-round tender. Well, it's only four, I can't it's only like five million bucks or something. Do you know how, much, do you know how many passes Taysom Hill bucks. has thrown in his career? 20. 15. Huh. Wow. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a great little stat. Thank you. That's that's fantastic. I just yeah, I was like, that's a lot less than I think people silly, would think. Pretty silly. Okay, let's move on. Speaking of people we don't need to talk about, Dak Prescott, free agent, technically. Yeah. Not going to happen. He's not leaving the Cowboys, so let's not even talk about him. Tom Brady, quarterback for the, um, what's the team again? <laughs> Patriots? Yeah, that's the one. That's yeah. the one. I was uh, so it slips my mind. Is he the quarterback of the Patriots? Well, that's the question. So uh, ugh, I've ranted enough already. But I mean, my, from my a fantasy perspective, I actually don't know where I want Tom Brady to go. I, I'm not sure there is a match made in heaven for Tom yeah. Brady fantasy wise. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I would. So I want the Bears because I looked at this as the Bears are the only team I think that I think if Brady was there, their offense would be a lot better, mm-hmm. and I think. Allen Robinson, I think certain guys would just be way better because Trubisky's thing is like missing deep balls down the field that Brady can't do. Trubisky's thing is missing open receivers, which Brady doesn't do. Short open receivers is Brady's bread and butter. I like the Bears, but I picked the Chargers just because I feel like it's kind of like Tom Brady's just better Phillip Rivers right now at both points in their career. They're just like a lot of yeah. dump offs. Keenan Allen, I don't know if they're going to resign Hunter Henry. Austin Eckler, they just resigned. Like I could just see him succeeding in a dump off offense, and Austin Eckler would have probably his best year. You know what I mean? Playing the James White role. It just kind of seems like it works. He's in SoCal. Yeah. He's got the weather. It all works out. I'm changing my answer to the Chargers also. I think so. I think if he's going to be fantasy relevant, relevant this season, Brady. Now, he was the QB 13, so he was in 2019, and that was with an offense, in an offense that was, they didn't have any tight ends. They didn't have, I mean, other than Edelman, that their receiver situation was pretty dire. Their running back situation wasn't great. I think Brady has a chance to be somewhat fantasy relevant if he's on a team with a very good skill position group. And the Chargers actually have that with, with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Eckler, and it sounds like they're going to bring Hunter Henry back. So that core is actually pretty decent. And I don't know if he's, I wouldn't say he's going to be like a high-end quarterback or whatever, but he could be fantasy relevant in 2020 if he's in that group. I, think. I have not for one moment believed the Tom Brady to the Chargers stuff. It doesn't make any sense other than I think it's the projection of sports media people who would like to live in Southern California. <laughs> it makes zero sense on well, any who you, level. Who do you think makes sense? The only so the important thing with the Tom Brady stuff, just another tangent. No one said any. No one who knows anything has said anything. There's speculation that oh, the Raiders would like to sign Tom Brady. The Chargers might. Yeah, but it's what does Tom Brady want? Nobody knows that. 
The only thing Tom Brady's kind of said so far was some vague stuff to Dana White to promo the UFC. And Charlie Weiss, his former Patriots coordinator and the Notre Dame coach, was reading texts from Tom Brady just reiterating, nobody knows anything about what I want. I don't think Tom Brady knows what he wants. I think Tom Brady probably has been with the Patriots a long time. But all these charges, the Raiders stuff, there's no tangible leads of any specific destination. Uh, it's just a lot of conjecture that's been repeated so much that people just are kind of taking it as, oh, that's where he might go. There's no actual substance. There's no, it's all smoke and no fire. Um, I guess that's, no, the word there's sm- smoke, there is fire. Is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I screwed up the <laughs> metaphor, but that's not the point. The point is that why the, f- the hell would he go to the Chargers? The only thing we know about Tom Brady is he grew up a Niners fan in Northern California, mm-hmm. idolizing Joe Montana. Yeah, he went so to Sarah High School, I believe. Yeah, so that's all. That's it. Brady wants to go, and this is just using logic. Brady wants to go somewhere where he can win a championship. So Not the Chargers. Probably not the Chargers. I think certainly not the Raiders. It's nowhere except New England. Well, what about the Titans? With uh, I firmly with, believe with that this is, like, this is like dad's living in a hotel while we figure things out for a few weeks, and he's still not over that thing where there was kind of like the cheating incident two years with that Jesus. young, handsome GQ model, <laughs> Jimmy G. Wow. And it's like, this you know. Is a, this is a metaphor right here. I like I'm just it. Saying, keep going, keep like, going. Just, we need, you know, need some space. Who and are the children like, in this scenario? Are there grandparents? <laughs> <laughs> well, how no, deep I, does this go? I think the the fans are the children. The, the fans Patriots the fans children. are obviously the children. <laughs> do they here. do they think and it's their like, fault a little bit? Yeah, they think it's their fault. They're like, have I taken this for granted? Who's Belichick? They're <laughs> like, did we do this? Is, is Be- it because the oh, is Belichick the hu- the husband or the wife to to Brady's husband or wife? No, no, it's the Patriots and organization. Got it. Can't got get it. into the specifics. Here. Got it. Got it. It's a, those are pe- you know those are, we're not getting too deep. Okay, maybe a pod for a different day. You know, I that, mean, remember the fans? The the Titans game fans showed up with the please stay Tommy mm-hmm. fan like the fans are the the children being torn here. All right, so let's anyway, pivot to the guy yeah. on the team that Brady might go to the Chargers, and let's talk about Phil Rivers. Yeah. Once again, another guy I don't really think fantasy-wise I'm going to get that excited about no matter care. where he goes. All right, so DK, I said what's nowhere. Your, yeah, DK, what's your, what's your dream matchup for Phil Rivers, DK, for fantasy, for football? I put the Colts because I actually do think he would be an upgrade over Brissett in terms of, like, if we're just looking at, it's I wouldn't call this necessarily a match made in heaven, but... It is a well, better that the match. the title of the episode? <laughs> it is. It's a match made in limbo. Match, yeah, match made in purgatory. <laughs> yeah. Philip Rivers and the Colts. I'm using this as like a little aside. I'm saying this is a match. It's a better fantasy match than the current situation, in my opinion. If, he gets, if you get him with Frank Reich, put him in um, that offense behind that offensive line, you know, I think he has a better chance of elevating like T.Y. Hilton potentially uh, Paris Campbell if he has any breakout next season. I think it's going to be better odds of that happening with Phillip Rivers than it is with Jacoby Brissett. So that was, that was why I put the Colts primarily just because I'd love to see an upgrade at quarterback at that spot, um, you know, just to make more fantasy, I guess just to make the Colts more fantasy relevant, if that makes any sense. I, I put Rivers to the Bucks because... Yeah, that makes sense wait, too. One second, DK. Are we, are we leaking or not? Craig's looking at the ceiling all ominously. Is, are we leaking in the studio? There's a lot of expensive equipment in this room. Am I crazy or did there was just a drop? It's all right. What, what could possibly go wrong with, <laughs> in this audio room of, yeah, maybe it was. Oh, there is. Oh, we're leaking. Is that leaking under that light fixture? Maybe. Actually, hold on. Let me, if let's... it's leaking into the lights, then we need to say something. We'll be back after a brief message <laughs> from our sponsors. <laughs> the hand washing. And we're back. Uh, we have somewhat fixed the studio. <laughs> Um, you're holding an umbrella. This is, a, this is an indication of how often it rains in LA, I think. Yes, I'm taking extremely precautionary measures and holding an umbrella inside the studio, which is bad, <laughs> bad luck. luck. 
But uh, All right, this is you know what else podcast, is bad luck? Though. Letting water drip onto audio equipment. <laughs> you make your own luck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, this is a cursed podcast. So anyway, I don't remember where we were. Philip Rivers uh, on the Colts. I think that's boring. We got to talk about Philip Rivers on the Bucks. Uh, yes. Thank you, DK. I think the only place I would draft Philip Rivers in fantasy is if he went to the Bucks and, and started instead of Jameis. And I think it's also the perfect scenario everyone like was like james uh philip rivers to the bucks because he lives in northern florida now i'm philip rivers to the bucks because james and rivers lead the league in interceptions the last three years <laughs> the last four years combined the last five years any <laughs> sample you want to pick of yes. james and rivers together they lead the league in picks it is unbelievable including my favorite since 2015 winston is 88 rivers has 76 no one else is more than 60 wow which oh, wow. is it's just they deserve each like like if they're gonna get rid of James, why would you pick anyone other than Phil Rivers? Like that's your guy. Yeah. So that's actually what I was gonna ask. So Craig, you say you're not excited about Rivers anywhere potentially. Let me ask you this scenario though. If if the Bucks decide not to bring back Jameis Winston, would you rather have Philip Rivers in Tampa Bay or a guy like Teddy Bridgewater in Tampa Bay? And you and I'm talking like I'm not talking your concern over having either of these quarterbacks on your team. I'm I'm asking about Mike Evans and and Godwin specifically. Like, how does it make you feel about those guys if it's either Rivers or Bridgewater? I would take Rivers. I mean, he's proven okay. he's been able yeah. to produce top ten wide receivers, Keenan, every single year, and a little bit more. I mean, even his ability to like keep Eckler extremely relevant and a tight end when they're healthy, I would definitely take. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater Absolutely. had, I think, the lowest yards per attempt in the league when he played for the Saints last season. Now, that could be attributed to him not knowing the offense very well or him just trying to, you know, get his feet in the water. But yeah, yeah I, I would definitely take Rivers. Also, Evans and Godwin had their production in large part because Jameis just didn't care when he threw, chucked the ball down the field. Bridgewater, um, what's the word? Takes care of the football. There's yes. care involved. <laughs> Philip Rivers and Jameis, not so much. So I think the numbers would go down, but the quarterbacking might be better. With Speaking of, let's get to the meat of this podcast and talk about old Jamie. Yeah, Jameis is probably who we should have started out with because he's he is legitimately the biggest quarterback domino, I think, in this whole situation. At least from a fantasy perspective, because he's fantasy gold. Wherever he goes, you know, shootouts and end up following in terms of he just turns the ball over, but he also throws like for a ton of yards. He's I think he had the eighth most yards in NFL history last season, five thousand one hundred nine. So he is a production like it, tons and tons of production follows him around. But it's also in real football. I don't know if any team is going to actually want him to be their quarterback. So I think he's the biggest domino that's going to fall in this whole thing. Yeah, in terms of fantasy, I think the the Bucks just—it's the Bucks. They yeah, they, it's got to be I the mean, Bucks. Yeah, Bruce Arians is obviously just like enabling his worst instincts. Carson so, Palmer also in an interview recently was talking about how difficult Bruce Arians' offense is for a first year quarter for a quarterback in his first year, mm-hmm. and and he was just talking about how he thinks that Jameis could actually make like a significant leap in year two. Mm-hmm. And there's a good PFF article out there that was written in the last. A week about Jameis and how he's actually like one of the he's made the worst throws in the season but also the best throws of the season like he's he's like one of the few quarterbacks who has like he's in like the top 20 for best throws and the bottom 20 for worst throws which is like really interesting so maybe if he can yeah. limit some of those shitty throws he makes all of his bad throws on first reads apparently it's like a philosophical question of like can you have all the highs without the lows yes that's who he is or can you work on the bottom yes and then this is I mean the best story yeah, but- he needs to just like rise the tide of all of his throws. And then it'll- it's, no matter what happens, he's probably not going to throw 30 touchdowns and 30 picks again. So, no matter what happens with his season, 
it's going to be about the eye surgery. What would you say is more likely that he throws 30 <laughs> touchdowns again or 30 interceptions again? 30 touchdowns. Definitely. Because they'll get benched. Oh, okay. Let's say if he played 16 games. What's more no, likely? I'm saying the Bucks won't, like he, there's so many drops coming into this studio. There's so many raindrops. And all I can think now is like, this is what Jameis Winston can't do. Dink, dunk, <laughs> drop, little bit at a time. He's just a tidal wave all time. Yes. That one didn't work. It's okay. It's okay. We got to move on though. <laughs> um, Ryan Tannehill, who was in the doldrums in Miami, traded as a cap move to Tennessee and then was like <laughs> the most efficient quarterback in football for the final 10 games. So DK, where is Tannehill fantasy gold? I mean, obviously to stay in Tennessee, I think. I mean, that would be my first choice by far. He's a perfect fit for that offense. I mean, he showed it during the last second half of the season. He took over from week seven on. He was the QB three. So I don't know what else you really need, you know, past that little fact. And additionally, he really helped unlock A.J. Brown. You know, once he took over, they opened up that play-action passing game. He was aggressive down the field. He was exactly what I think A.J. Brown needs in, in stylistically in a quarterback. So, you know, for A.J. Brown and for the Titans and for everyone, it just makes so much more sense for them to bring him back. I think that's what will happen. Well, but why, why do you think A.J. Brown is what Tannehill needs? No, I think, I think Tannehill... I think... A.J. Brown needs Tannehill. Is, is oh, that what okay. you're asking? Yes. I mean, I, he needs a quarterback like Tannehill, where, who, who's not afraid to throw it down the field. He's not afraid to attack in coverages. A.J. Brown is not a guy that's going to have like a huge amount of separation. He's a big, physical, you know, run-after-the-catch guy, thrives in play action. And so I think, you know, I, it's not necessarily like Ryan Tannehill is the only quarterback that can, uh, that can help A.J. Brown because I think A.J. Brown is going to be an elite receiver in the NFL. But he needs that type of quarterback that's that's going to be aggressive. If he gets a guy like Bridgewater, I don't know if it's going to be quite the same, you know. And so, um, or even Brady, whose arm is is just not what it used to be. So I don't know. It, it I think it makes most sense for them to bring Tannehill back. I could see an argument for Brady, but I don't know, man. Tannehill was really really good in that second half. Obviously, the the playoffs skews perception a little bit because they just did not have him throw the football at all. But I mean, if you look at his whole second half of the season, he was really really good. I don't know where else he would go. I don't know who else would want him, to be honest, at this point. Who do you think would, would go after him at this point? The Pats. <laughs> go on. I'd like to see him on the Patriots because, one, I'd like to see anybody with Tom Brady on the Patri- Patriots, and I'd like to see just like a— it's almost just like a science experiment for Belichick. Right. Just like, what can he do? I want to see them try and basically become the Titans. Like, maybe they trade for David Johnson, get Ryan Tannehill, just like run and dunk the ball like— 50 times a game and play great defense. And I'd like to see that next year out of them. I think that'd be a fun wrinkle. <laughs> that would be fun. I, no, I, if the quarterback's going to go to New England, I want Jameis to go to New England because I want to see how Bill Belichick <laughs> handles Jameis. I think they deserve each other. I wish we could clone Jameis and just send him everywhere. <laughs> I, I don't want that at all. I think that's a terrible idea. Uh, Marcus Mariota. What do we do with Marcus Mariota? He's, <laughs> he's absolutely going to have to be a backup. I mean, I think at least to start the season. Kind of like what Tannehill did where he's going to a team that needs some competition at the quarterback position. He's going to push a guy to either break out, you know, kind of shit or get off the pot. Kind of like, you know, Trubisky in Chicago. I think it makes a ton of sense to have Mario to go there. Um, and, you know, it'd be kind of ironic, I guess, if Mario pulled a Tannehill in Chicago and did that exact same thing. I like to fit in theory with him in that offense. You know, he could do some things with his mobility, you know, play action, all that stuff. Of course, he probably, in theory, would have been a good fit for the Titans, but it did not work out for them. 
So I don't know, man. I don't know if I don't know if Mariota has starter potential at all going forward, but I didn't really think that Tannehill did either. I think the strange thing about Mariota is everyone just kind of forgets that he had a nerve injury in his throwing elbow that just did not <laughs> right. heal as on schedule. And yeah, I'm all for him getting a second chance. You know, or a you know, chance. Yeah, obviously we have no idea how that works. Like there's no surgery for that kind of nerve injury. It's just, you know, kind of hope it gets better um, with treatment and stuff. But, you know, if if it improves, I, you know, I think it's worth him getting another shot. And that's the, it, yeah. it never comes up. Like in a, thro- in a nerve injury, just throwing elbow, it's really relevant. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. I would love to see him get a shot. But in fantasy wise, he's a backup, like at least for right. foreseeable future. So yeah. uh, he's not relevant. And then last, Teddy Bridge. Teddy Bridge quarterback himself. Ha. I don't think, so I don't know if Bridgewater, you can separate, he's the easiest guy in the world to root for. You want to root for him. Coming back from that, you know, really, really terrible knee injury and all that. I don't know if I necessarily want to see him as a starter anywhere. I think he's the definition of a better real life player than a fantasy football player. Yeah. Yeah. Like not going to have big stats, but like, I mean, went 5-0 with the Saints. And wasn't necessarily a great fantasy quarterback, but he was yeah. crushing it as the Saints quarterback. So, so there's going to be, you know, when you add in potential guys that could get traded, like Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, a couple other people, there's going to be a few of these potential, you know, starter caliber or, or at least starter potential type quarterbacks that end up without a starting job. I think Mariota's going to be one of them, almost certainly. And then I, I would guess Teddy Bridgewater is going to be another one. Because when you add in the tradable guys plus Tua, Burrow, you know, maybe Herbert starts in year one. It's 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 kind of hard for me to see, uh, you know, Bridgewater getting a job, like getting handed a starting job. He could do like the Mariota thing too, where he has to come in as a backup and win a job. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I guess the Buccaneers kind of had, had have had rumored interest in him. So that could be one place. But I don't know. It's, it's tough for me to see. Of Brady Rivers, Jameis, Tannehill, and Mariota and Bridgewater, the only person that's probably getting drafted is Jameis if he goes back to the Bucs. But if he doesn't get a job, it's probably just Tannehill and the Titans. And even then, late. So yeah. that's probably it. To me, this the, the the quarterback question, the quarterback conversation is far, far more about the guys around him than the actual quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, speaking of the guys around him, running backs that could yeah. switch teams or at least maybe going to hit free agency. Derrick Henry, Titans. He's, he's, uh, he's good at football, but we're going to avoid the how much running backs are worth in free agency conversation because it's makes me want to claw my eyes out because uh, <laughs> they, too, are a product of the people around them blocking for them. But what I mean, is the best situation for Derrick Henry to produce for fantasy points? Like, I, the I best mean, one, you would take him number one if he went there or whatever. We all took the Titans, and I feel like with running backs who are coming off incredible seasons, when does it make sense for them not to be on that same team? Right. Rarely. Right. I don't know how you could be like, well, man, he'd be even better on the— yeah, it's it's look the Titans. I mean, he's this good for a reason. It's you know, don't get it confused. It's it's not like oh, he had 180 yards the three or four games in a row, whatever it was. It was 180 yards and the 30 carries three years in a row, like or three games in a row. Like it's the Titans are one of the few teams that are willing to identify around a single running back. There are a handful of those teams left. Derrick Henry's on one of them. Who are there? And if they pay him, they're willing to say no. We are Derrick Henry. Like he's the he's our guy on offense. Not many teams are willing to do that anymore. And I think so if a team moving. was willing to do that, I would argue that his draft stock would drop rather significantly. If he went to a random pick your team team, I think he would yeah. drop like maybe half a round, a full round. What about the Steelers? That was my one idea. I don't think that makes any sense personally. Why? I I just don't. They think they, they ride. They've in history historically they've ridden one running back typically. 
But it's been you know, two. But at like, this point, it's been two years since they've done that. And the Steelers like and passed the most in the league. They'd have to change their entire. It was like that for Mike Tomlin, but they haven't. They would have to be going back to how they treated Le'Veon Bell in in 2017, which is a long time ago at this point. And it would be strange to me if they went back to that. And part and of the paid reason, money to do it. James Conner was a first rounder last year. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, he would probably be a late first rounder, but I don't well, think like, he, If he went there, yeah. Do you think he would go down or up, though? If, yeah. Like, if you signed with the Steelers, DK, do you think he would be more or less valuable? It's got to be less. How can he go I think up? He, he would can't be go right up. around the same. Well, this is a different conversation because it's how you feel about <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger, 38 years old, coming off an elbow injury. So we have a whole offseason to talk about that. Kenyon Drake, DK. Kenyon Drake yes. was a disaster <laughs> on the Miami Dolphins, traded. Gets to Arizona, plays for Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, low key was one of the best running backs in football for the second half of the season. Was the he looked amazing? Best running back in football for the second half of the season by fantasy points. Would you rather see him anywhere else or no? No, I mean I think his ideal situation would be with the Cardinals. Um, they're often they're they're you know they're known for their sort of air raid version of their offense. It's very much you know we all talked about the four wide stuff. They actually ended up doing three wide stuff more often than we thought they might. Um, but we're very much focused on Kyler Murray and that team's passing attack where that run game was really, really good. I think it was one of the top teams in run DVOA. They were very efficient, and, and it goes back to them spreading the ball out, you know, giving their running backs light boxes to run against. And Kenyon Drake was perfect for that. I mean, like his speed, his explosiveness, his one-cut ability or whatever was just a good fit for that offense, his ability to get outside and all that, make make guys miss in the open field. Um, so he was kind of the perfect fit for them, much better fit than David Johnson, as we saw. And it just makes so much sense for them to bring him back. Um, the only thing I'm worried about, I guess, or not worried, but the only thing I think that could make that less likely is just teams see how many of these running backs have gotten huge, big money second contracts and they've immediately regretted them. The Cardinals are one of those teams, and I'm. They might not want to shell out big money for another running back after you know when they've got David Johnson sitting on their roster. So yeah, I don't think they have to pay big money for Kenyon Drake. Do you? Like, well, not how big much money, money does but Kenyon Drake need. I wouldn't say big money, but any money over. I mean, what like the, like the seven million range? I mean, any money, any any significant amount of money is like a good amount for running backs these days. Running backs don't make a ton; it's on their second contracts, and so. I, I I don't know if they're going to want to go that route. They might want to just get a guy in the draft. Yeah. My, the only other team I thought of for Kenyon Drake was maybe the Texans just to give Deshaun a more versatile running back because Carlos Hyde is a little bit more one-dimensional and I thought maybe Drake could add some, I don't know, just some spark. I thought that'd be kind of a fun fun fit. Yeah. I think that's a good fit. Um, just scrolling right. through, there's not a lot of teams really that need you know, more running backs, honestly. I guess the Chiefs. People have very, very disparate opinions on Damian Williams, I guess. Um, a lot of people think he's a stud. Some people just think he's a jag. I don't know. I probably land somewhere right in the middle. Um, but, I mean, if we look at what you know, Kareem Hunt did in, in Kansas City, the Chiefs yeah. are always an intriguing running back landing spot for me. Um, but, there's yeah, there's really not a ton of teams that need him. Buccaneers need a running back if Ronald Jones is not going to pan out. Hi, Fitz. I mean, you just there... look like you did some research. What did you just discover? Well, it's like Austin Eckler on the Chargers just got a deal for four years and $24.5 million, which, as we learned, means nothing. So they guaranteed him $15 million bucks. So what that means is it's really probably two years for $15 million bucks. So they're paying him like, you know, 
It's like seven million dollars. It's like you know six and change, but they really owe him kind of probably seven million up front a year. It's perfectly fine. Like it's it's more than like yeah. a rookie running back. But Austin Eckler was great. Was great for them. It's not seventeen like Todd Gurley was going to get. Seven. It's perfectly fine. So Kenyon Drake, if it goes back to the Cardinals, like six million bucks. I think that's fine. I don't think it's. I mean, I, I would. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't try and convince them not to do so, that. But I could see them not wanting to do that because of all the dead money they've got on Dar- uh, David or David Johnson's contract. It's just. They have so many other needs, so I, think, I don't know. Yeah, I think David Johnson is owed like fourteen or fifteen million next year. Tough. And Drake is not going back to the Dolphins, I imagine, which is another team that needs a running back. They so, need everything. Yeah, I don't think anyone <laughs> wants to go back to the Dolphins once you get out. Uh, someone, this is the most complicated of all. Melvin Gordon, the person who was trying to get big money and then held out, and then Austin Eckler replaced him and kind of became the perfect case study of why teams probably should not be paying running backs. Um, <laughs> right. Came back and just wasn't as good as Eckler. And there's this idea that like Eckler couldn't run between the tackles and like he could, and Gordon just wasn't quite as good. So where do you guys think Melvin Gordon would be like the best fantasy asset, DK? So I put the Colts because I don't think I, I just don't think Gordon is all that. I don't think he's a, a difference maker necessarily. I think he's a good running back, a sustaining running back. But if I was making a list of like the best, most explosive, most elusive guys in the NFL, like Gordon probably wouldn't be on my list. So I put the Colts because they have a really good offensive line. I think they want to be balanced, and he can be that kind of, you know, sustainer type back. They've had some injury issues. Of course, he's been Gordon's had some injury issues as well, but. Um, the Colts have had some injury issues at the running back spot. Kind of had to do platoon stuff there with Mac and 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 Wilkins and and Hines and all those guys. So that was kind of my thinking. But to be but clear, I don't we're not know. saying the Colts would do this. But if he signed there somehow, right. then you'd be like, this is great for fantasy because obviously the Colts are on a huge running back signing team. But and Marlon Mack is going into the last year of his contract, so he's not there. He might not be there long term. Um, which means they could potentially start to kind of just hand the reins over to Gordon. You know, I don't know. I don't see a, I don't see a really ideal landing spot. It sounds like another part. match made in purgatory. Right. I put the Texans because I think it is a match made, if not at least for heaven for the Texans, because right now they don't really have any fantasy viable running backs. Like Duke Johnson, if he gets the full job, could be, but it seems like until we Gordon see him. Gordon could be but in some, Hyde. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he, he's way better than Carlos Hyde. No offense, Craig. But like the same way we <laughs> kind of thought Eckler wasn't a super between the tackles guy. Until we see Duke Johnson do that, he's not that. And Melvin Gordon is a better receiver than Duke Johnson is a runner, at least from what we've seen of him. They think that if Duke Johnson could get more carries, he would be better. But until then, I think Gordon would crush it on the Texans because they just have been looking for a running back. They had Lamar Miller, who's bad. Carlos Hyde has been serviceable. But Gordon, I think, would be great in Houston. Yeah, I can buy that. Craig? I think I like him back on the Chargers. I, I mean, he's actually been quite good the past three years when he's played on the Chargers. He's had like two top seven yeah. campaigns. And I kind of think him and Eckler and the way they coach the two of them are kind of like one needs the other. And they both complement one another really well. And the but Chargers, what about when Eckler didn't have him and was like the number one running back in fantasy for like September? That's true. But I don't, I'm, I'm from a game, from like a real football standpoint, I don't know if the Chargers preferred that. I think they would rather have the two of them. And I think they can both live in like the top 10 running back range together. That's um, so funny because it's like Gordon was the one who came back and was and said, I'm getting 10 to 15 carries. I can't do anything with that. I'm not getting enough snaps. I can't get in a rhythm. It was just, it's just funny how it seems teams have kind of gone toward like subbing players out, but then certain players are saying, you know, I can't get in a rhythm and stuff. But, it's a whole load management conversation that we're getting into. <laughs> well, that's how you know we need to move on. <laughs> Wide receivers. 
AJ Green, who has just spent a long time on the Cincinnati Bengals and might need to leave. Did yeah. not play last year. Didn't play in 2019. I think he's missed 13 games over the previous two seasons um, for that. So he's obviously had a lot of injury issues, you know, and the Bengals are the Bengals. It doesn't seem like he really wants to stay there. Sounds like Joe Burrow was kind of making a pitch for the for the Bengals to keep him because he's the presumptive first overall pick. He will want some weapons to throw to in that offense so he can get off on you know get off on the right foot and hit the ground running and all that. Um, but you know Green is kind of one of those guys where he's he's getting a little bit older. Obviously, he's produced in the past, so I don't know. I don't know what's best for him. I honestly like when I was thinking about this, I think it's probably best for him to stay in Cincinnati just based on some of the history of guys uh, receivers going to new teams in the past. Like I do think um it would be nice to see him play with Burrow. I think Burrow throws a really beautiful deep ball and and could hit Green down the sideline. I I think some of the other Cincinnati receivers like John Ross kind of a mess. So he could kind of provide some stability in but that offense. Wait, but we're waiting into the like real life stuff cuz I think the AJ Green staying in Cincinnati would be great for real life because you know one Burrow actually has someone like everything you just said and also just he's been there long enough and the fact that he would leave right when Burrow gets there is kind of cruel. But from <laughs> a fantasy perspective, you think that the best place for him fantasy-wise in 2020 is to stay in Cincinnati? Yeah, I do. Well, I think Burrow is really good first of all. And we've seen rookie quarterbacks come in and and do really well. I mean, Kyler Murray did it last year. So I don't necessarily think it's like a it's like a bad place for him to be. I think that Bro can come in and play well right away, especially if they kind of put together an offense that he f- like feels comfortable doing where they're doing a lot of the same stuff they did at LSU with, you know, five man, six man protections and all that. Um you know, I think in theory there I could there's a world where I can see Green going off with Burrow under center. Um, and I and I do like going back to this. I think it's always just risky putting a, a veteran re- a receiver on a different team. I don't know. It's just like a lot of those don't really pan out. I mean, look at Muhammad Sanu. That's a that's not a one to one. All right, let's never compare comp, AJ Green obviously. to Muhammad Sanu ever again. Okay, but it, it has happened multiple times in the past with veteran receivers going to new teams. It just doesn't work out, especially right away. Sometimes it works out eventually, but the yeah. transition is there. And I just, I just don't know if like. Honestly, and for fantasy-wise, it would be best for Green to go somewhere else either. Speaking of veteran receivers changing teams, I don't know why, but if, I don't know if this— I mean, this probably is not the best fantasy fit because I guess he could go you know, play f- for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, but I can really see A.J. Green going to the Raiders. Doesn't that just make sense? It just feels right. He'd be their number one receiver. Yeah, and it's kind of where receivers go to die when they're veterans. <laughs> Randy Moss, Antonio Brown, Jordy Nelson— it just feels so right that with their move to Las Vegas, they want to bring in a big name, a future Hall of Famer. He gets in. He has like maybe a thousand yards on sixty-eight catches and seven touchdowns, and I think that might be the best <laughs> option. That was that was like extremely specific for how you were saying that whole thing. It was hilarious. I just see him maybe as a Raider. Sixty-eight catches, one thousand. Doesn't that yards make a ton of touchdowns. sense? <laughs> yeah, I mean it does for sure. I mean, they need a receiver yeah. badly. I, I I don't think getting Green when he's 30 makes a ton of sense for them. But if he was there, I mean, he would be the number one guy immediately. He would mm-hmm. be a great. I, but I think the only place that I actually like him more than Oakland, I, I'm never going to get that right, by the way. Yeah. I'm supposed I, to call them Las Vegas. <laughs> Las Vegas. I will start yeah. doing that in 2022. That is the first year I will, on first reference, call We're them We're just starting Las to Vegas get over Raiders. the San Diego thing. You know what I mean? 
It's like they can't switch it again on us, and now we got a Vegas and an. And <laughs> a, I feel like one out of eight times I hear Tom Brady just wants to play in San Diego whenever it's the Chargers are coming yeah. up. Anyway, I like AJ Green and the Dolphins, which sounds crazy, but from a fantasy perspective, if the Dolphins' defense is still going to be awful next year, they're still going to be passing all the time to be catching up. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is still going to be the quarterback for them at least in 2020. Like obviously, it changes a little if they go with a like a rookie. But I think if Fitz is the quarterback and they're just slinging it again. AJ Green and Devontae Parker is actually a pretty good offense, especially when they're playing prevent defenses. Uh, I, I just kind of love actually AJ Green. Just, I mean, terrible for real life AJ Green. I would feel awful. But that's for kind him. of like a Jameis Godwin and Evans thing, you know, Fitzpatrick, Green, and Parker. You I'm mean down. The top two like receivers in football through 14 weeks in fantasy? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Thank you. Uh, next up, Amari Cooper. Probably going back to Dallas, but if he does not, what's the best spot for him? I put him on the Eagles. I, I think they're another team that desperately needs like a number one receiver. Um, you know, they've, they've, last year, obviously, they had a ton of injuries at the position, but um, get Cooper, you know, he could potentially give Carson Wentz the kind of boost that, that Cooper gave to uh, Dak Prescott in, in Dallas. I, I think it would be the stupidest thing in the world for the Cowboys to move on from Cooper and not keep him. But if they're going to let him go, a team like the Eagles makes some sense to me just because he'd immediately drop in and, and be, you know, the number one for them and, and potentially give them a chance to really kind of get Wentz going in the right direction again. What's up with Alshon Jeffrey this year? Oh, uh, I just think he's not super reliable for them. Like, he just hasn't been able to stay on the field, so they're probably going to either end up eat- eating his contract. I mean no it's... ill will towards Alshon Jeffrey, the person, but I'm going to say this. I just wish he wasn't a fantasy option anymore. I hate seeing his name <laughs> on, like, round five of the draft. And you're like, damn it, dude, do I do it? Do I really want to do Alshon Jeffrey this entire year and deal with this? Yeah, it's, right. it's, it's, it's they, horrible. So they his contract's guaranteed for twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. So actually, talk about purgatory, actually, fantasy yeah. purgatory. I mean, he has like three good weeks a year that just like keep you hanging around. It's like the X that keeps coming back and it's like one more shot, and you're like, ah, fine. <laughs> All right. I'm not in. I'm not in anymore. I'm ready to I'm ready to cut the cord on Alshot. I'm done. I yeah. want to be I want to be single again. Cooper's going back. Do you to the remember Cowboys the last later. time you were burned? I'm more interested in the last time Craig was burned by Alshon Jeffrey. I've had Alshon Jeffrey many times in my fantasy career. And you're done. My long tenured fantasy career. Yes, <laughs> I'm finally done. So the one, you know, I, I, that says more about you. That whole thing was mm-hmm. more about you than Alshon Jeffrey. Um, Alshon, I hope you're not offended. Uh, the Amari Cooper and the Cowboys. I want. I just wanted. This is real life. I'm breaking the rules here. DK, you mentioned it would be dumb for them to get him. Yes. Uh, sorry, dumb, dumb for the Cowboys to let Amari Cooper go. But one thing worth noting, they're probably going to have to make Dak Prescott the highest paid player in football to keep, mm-hmm. which is just because of inflation. I know that always makes people angry every year that mediocre quarterback X is the highest paid player. It's inflation. There's more. The salary cap is bigger every year and players' salaries don't rise. So that's why. But they already have the most expensive offensive line in football. They just gave Ezekiel Elliott the most expensive running back contract in football. They're about to probably make Dak Prescott the highest paid player in football, at least for until someone else signs Mahomes or whatever. Then they would have to make Cooper one of the five most expensive receivers. So it's not a lock to me that he comes back. They need to. They need to bring him back. They It would be kind of wild to sign Prescott and not bring Cooper back. But they are just locked into that team. So fantasy-wise, where do you want him? I think it's the Cowboys are the best spot for him fantasy-wise and in real life because the Cowboys are going to be paying him him and Dak a combined like 
70 million or uh, 55 million different numbers, 55 million dollars combined. And it's to throw to Amari Cooper. Yeah. I think he will get the most targets in Dallas because there's not much behind him. Yeah. Uh, there's just Michael Gallup and some spare parts. So I think he would just get a ton of targets. Let's move on to Robbie Anderson, a little bit lower on the kind of the totem pole of talent. You don't think of Robbie make. Anderson and Amari Cooper and AJ Green just like side by side by side? I'm not sure. We could put them all on the same team. This this fun. free agent receiver class is not good, by the way. I, Robbie yeah. Anderson's thing is speed, right? Like yes. he ran a four four at the combine. I mean, I have him going to the Eagles basically to replace Deshaun Jackson's role. He's not as fast as Deshaun at his peak, but I mean, he's younger than Deshaun is. No, he's he's definitely a deep threat for sure. Exactly, yeah. and I think the Eagles' offense is just over and over again. We've seen under Doug Peterson, it's they're just a different team when they have that speed element. The Super Bowl season, it was Torrey Smith. They didn't have Torrey Smith in 2018. It showed. And then when they had Deshaun like week one last year, they were world-breaking, and they never got the speed element back. And it just it's so much harder for Zach Ertz and people to attack the seams uh, in, in their defenses when they don't have that speed element, and they need it back with Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I would have I would have put the Eagles too, but I had the Eagles for a Cooper, so I I went with Cardinals because I think the Cardinals probably will want to address their offensive line and or defense in the draft, maybe wait on receiver, but I still think they need some receivers to really get that offense going in the right direction. Last year they were playing with like Demir Bird, um, some other just random guys in, in their receiver core. You know, Larry Fitzgerald is not getting any younger. Christian Kirk, I think, is an ascending player, but he's still not even necessarily like a lock solid, you know, sure bet at receiver. So I think getting more talent in the Cardinals receiver core is actually a pretty big priority for them. And I think Anderson is perfect because uh, Kyler Murray throws an amazing deep ball. Like he's he was one of the best deep ball passers in the NFL. You know, he just can put it on a dime down the field. Anderson, like we like you just mentioned, is a great deep threat. Um, consistently gets up and downfield. So I think that'd be a fun fit if it wasn't the Eagles. I think the Eagles makes a lot of sense. Real football. Cardinals, to me, make a lot of sense for fantasy too, though. I like that one. I would actually put him on the Steelers. I think that'd be really fun. I think the Steelers are missing that Martavis Bryant-like speed, especially with the way like Ben improvises. I could just totally see Robbie Anderson being that guy who gets loose 50 yards down the field when Ben is scrambling around for seven minutes. And Juju's so, not really that guy. And un- Unless, I think that there is definitely a chance with how deep this wide receiver draft class is at the Steelers dip their toe in that, but I wouldn't mind Robbie Anderson on Pitt. I think that'd be fun. So my question for that is... I'm sure Steelers fan. Yes, DK. Well, because Craig is the resident Steelers fan, so does that mean that you're not high on James Washington or Deontay Johnson or who who is it? Because it seems like that has they have a pretty good like core three guys going forward, Washington, Deontay Johnson, and Juju. You think? I don't know if I would describe that as a strong core. I don't know. Uh, James Washington is really up and down, and I think Deontay Johnson has potential. But I think Deontay's fantastic. I'd like to so see. So I guess James Washington is kind of the question mark is in your mind, the biggest question mark. No, I'd rather move on. And the Steelers are so good at evaluating wide receivers. I think that if they if they like Robbie or they want to draft somebody, I'm in. Speaking of moving Fair on, Prashad Perriman on the Buccaneers. <laughs> uh, now he he's could a be agent, another so he Steeler. might not be on the Buccaneers. Yeah, he could be a Steeler. He could be anywhere. Brashad, I mean, I think the real question here is, do we actually think he's good? <laughs> he looked pretty, he honestly looked really good. 
I did he look great or was it did we just miss that he was in the Buccaneers offense and Jameis was not going to stop throwing to him just because he wasn't open? Dude, he made some nice catches and he's fast. He, he was he was exactly what I think the Ravens thought he would be, but it just took him five years to get there because he was injured for the first four years or whatever. But he, he didn't drop a target in his last three games. He was legitimately good in that short stretch. Does that mean he's really good? I don't know. But I mean, again, we're talking about a former first rounder, so there was the talent was always there. It's just a matter of you know, it took him forever to kind of get to get to the point where he could be a contributor in the NFL. Is he the next Devontae Parker? Yeah, that is the question. That is the question. Therein lies the question. I want to see him on the wow, Chiefs. Craig I is can't planting believe we new seeds. I can't believe we haven't talked about giving any receiver to the Chiefs yet because the Chiefs offense is well, just... Well, why, well, why would that be good for fantasy? Because it's like, you're going to get buried. You're the third option at best. Why would any receiver the Chiefs this be is a under the assumption. Option? This is under the assumption they get rid of Sammy Watkins. There's still plenty of... But still, um, Sammy Watkins sucked in fantasy. What, like, why would you want the third receiver from the Chiefs on your team? Because I feel like that didn't work I out all year. Don't think Sammy Watkins is good. <laughs> but what? like, there's Tyree Kill and Kelsey. So like, are you going to be dra- like, who, what match made in heaven is like you're the third target okay, on the team? So you do you think he's going to go somewhere and be the number one? Who? Rashad, Rashad Perryman. No. no, I don't think he. I don't. I don't. I don't okay. have one. What I don't, about? I don't think there's a situation necessarily I'm going to draft him. Maybe Oakland because he would get snaps. What there. about Green Bay? I don't. Uh, Green Bay, maybe. Yeah, yeah I, I guess yeah. Green Bay more than the others. I guess I guess actually the Packers probably are the best one. I would rather him in Green Bay than the Chiefs because I don't think he's a way better chance of becoming the second option in Green Bay's offense than the Chiefs. I feel like the third option in the Chiefs' offense is way better than the second option in the Packers' offense. Well, that's just an Aaron Rodgers thing. Depends if you have trust because yeah. there's kind of like the Devontae and then if you're in Green Bay, it's like there's one number one and there's like 10 number fives. And if you're one of the number fives, it's also, but if you can get, you know, it, it's just, there's a pecking order that has kind of been hollowed out through two through four in that for the last few years. Before we Anyways. get out of here, let's do a couple of these tight ends uh, where they're going to end up. I know we said Hunter Henry looks like he's going to return to San Diego. I'm sticking with that. <laughs> but where would you like to see him if he could go anywhere? I put I, I put him on the Colts, kind of in the Eric Ebron role. Um, DK wants you know, everybody on the Colts. Well, yeah, I do because they're like a fantasy wasteland. <laughs> so I just want somebody to. That's a hell of an endorsement. Fantasy wasteland. <laughs> Put him there. Have it, match made in heaven. Do you guys remember two years ago when Eric Ebron caught 13 touchdowns? Um, Ooh, that's hey. kind of what yeah, I'm imagining. And you Obviously. screamed from the rooftops. It was bullshit. <laughs> what was bullshit? That Eric Ebron season. Anomaly, an aberration. <laughs> Go ahead, Danny. Who, who would you like? Danny? Oh, I was just throwing him out to the Patriots. I just think he should actually I think like he'd be a number. Like I think Hunter Henry would be the number one receiver of the Patriots. I think he should just attach to Tom Brady and become a duo wherever yeah, Tom wherever, Brady wherever goes, Tom Hunter Brady Henry goes. goes. I would love that. I think I think there there because when it comes to a tight end, when I think of a matchman in heaven, you want to put him on a team where they could be the number one receiver. Like Darren Waller was the number one receiver for the Oakland Raiders. He's a tight end, but he's the number one receiver. Hunter Henry could be the number one. I mean, Edelman's getting a little older. Worst case, he's number two. He's better than the, every non-Edelman receiver the Patriots have. Whoever's quarterback there, I think he'd actually would get more targets in New England than any other team I can think of. You could put him on the Bengals. Uh, well, no. I, just, I wouldn't do that to anyone. Yeah. I have a soul. Austin Hooper? Craig, middle school nemesis. I hate Take to say us. this, but... Falcons I, tight end. Who he, might he, not be in the Falcons. Be, I think the Steelers, <laughs> actually... I think you want him on your team. I don't. School I don't want him. This is a fantasy. I'm. I'm just. I'm compartmentalizing. You're being selfless and putting your own <laughs> ego to the side and being like, for the sake of this podcast bit. Yes, I am willing I will, to. Yes, I think the Steelers would be pretty solid. Uh, it's just Juju. He'd be number two immediately. 
and he's athletic. And the last four Steelers tight ends have kind of been like big sloggers. And it would be nice to have a guy like Hooper, and I think he'd get a ton of targets. Especially because they don't really throw to guys like James Conner as much as everybody thought they would after Le'Veon left. Quick pivot. DK, do you think Hunter Henry or Austin Hooper is better? When Henry, but Henry landslide. I'm so glad we agree. Yeah, I don't think Hooper's that great. No, he's fine. Agree. I endorse that. Speaking speaking of that point, Eric Ebron, still just 27 years old. I paired him up with the Falcons, who I believe are just pretty much letting Hooper go in free agency, which to me says a lot about what how they view Hooper as kind of like a cog in, in the machine rather than like a, a creator on his own. You know, I don't necessarily think Ebron is a great player, but you know, his age, his experience coming off his injuries, he's going to be cheap. Putting him in that Falcons offense, I think he would be a pretty interesting fantasy factor going forward. At a position, again, where there's just not a lot of dudes that you can really rely on. So I, I kind of like Ebron in in Atlanta taking over that Hooper role. Yeah, he just, yeah he's a plug and the, play. Part of the reason Hooper's leaving Atlanta is because the Falcons' cap is really tight. I think the GM Thomas Dimitrov said that we're not in cap hell, which maybe they're not, but you had to say it, and that's how you know the cap situation is really bad. So Ebron is going to be much cheaper because of the injury issues from last season uh, than you know Hooper will if they had a franchise tag him. But I so that makes sense to Atlanta. But the same reason is why I put him to Dallas actually because I think the Cowboys desperately need a tight end, but they don't have the money to go get you know Hunter Henry or someone. So they got to take the gamble on Eric Ebron and just pray that he's healthy instead of just rolling back Blake Jarwin again or Jason Witten's mummified corpse. That's a nice one. I like that. So Ebron, I think Ebron would be the perfect cowboy because he would be so frustrating and so rewarding to them on a weekly, <laughs> on like a play-to-play basis. It would be kind of amazing. And last yeah. but not least, the healthy Tyler Eifert. Now, he is the least, but keep going. We had to throw him in there because <laughs> literally least people cannot give up on him, especially me. I want to see him with the Patriots. I know there were some rumors last year that he, like the Patriots wanted to get him and the, the Bengals were like, no. Can we please just acknowledge the fact that I went through his injuries and listed that he's never actually had a significant injury and this is why he will play all 16 games? I can't believe did. I live... <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't believe I'm doing this with two Tyler Eifert truthers. I literally nailed Wake it. Wake up. I, I walked through every injury and I was like, they don't make sense. He's not going to get hurt again. Danny, who are you a truther of? You just seem to poo-poo all the truthing. I Ooh. think that's your thing. Uh, the New York Giants. Yeah. I'm just the Giants You're truther. A Daniel, are you a Daniel Jones truther? I thought the Giants could win the division last year. And I kept that to myself. But I, thought, I thought that <laughs> I was you. still thinking they could make the playoffs in like week seven, week nine, uh, like, until they were mathematically <laughs> eliminated in the back. I didn't. I, I mean, tried in not to say division, it. Was, it's not in even my that. heart of hearts, yeah. I believed until like almost like Halloween. I was like, the Giants are making the playoffs. Hey, blind just, faith is what sports is all about. Good for you. It, it, yes, they don't call it fan so. for nothing. I have fanaticism. You know the. You know what actually woke me up out of that? My deep and dreamless slumber. Hmm. Of oh, you're woke. You're woke now. The Giants have the worst record in the last three years. That's tough. That includes the Cleveland Browns going 0-16. Ooh. <laughs> and, the, and the Dolphins existing. The Dolphins Brutal. existing, but like, whatever. Like, they had Tannehill. Like, the Browns went 0-16. So if you just take the current NFL and expand back to the time that the Browns went 0-16, the Giants have a worse record. And that was how I realized they're the worst team in football. I think Tyler Eifert would be a great Giant. Never do that to me. <laughs> Ever. How dare you? He'd be great because they're going to get Evan rid of Evan Ingram. They're going to get rid of Evan Ingram. Why would they get rid of Evan Ingram? They're going to get rid of Evan Ingram? How dare you? That Matthew Barry uh, from ESPN wrote he'd heard at the Combine that the Giants aren't sold that he can ever stay healthy. You know who'd be a oh, great— Oh, so they get Tyler Eifert because you know be their tight end can't stay healthy? Re- he'd be a great replacement is Tyler Eifert. Yeah. He's the picture of health. <laughs>
<laughs> it's like this leak, this roof is leaking, so we replace it with like a water slide. <laughs> like what? Uh, I'm I, kidding. I'm tri- kidding. Have you purposely triggered me? Uh, yes, I have. You wrote retirement, which is just rude. How dare you say that about Tyler Eifert? Let's add Alshon Jeffrey to that pool as well. Let's make a retirement. uh, (laughs) Go fund me to retire. Well, we're going to retire this podcast. (laughs) This was the Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you, DK. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, it's Tyler Eifert of the Giants. Thank you, DK. I can tell. Everyone (laughs) listening again to that wasn't in doubt. Thank you, Craig. Um, Thank you to everyone who fixes this roof. Please come. Uh, Thank you to everyone for listening. 